So it has been a crazy couple of weeks. You're out of the NBA. You're back in the NBA. You have a night you go 0 for 8 from 3. The next night you drop 25 mm-hmm. points on 50% shooting. And the crowd in Chicago actually starts chanting your name. What has this couple weeks been like? It's been great, though. It's been, you know, early on, it was a lot emotionally to kind of deal with, kind of just being out the the game for, uh, at that point in time, it was a year, you know, to that day. Uh, And then just getting a call and, like, having to switch back mentally and emotionally. What did you hear about yourself in your time off? What were some of the things that kind of cut you the most that you heard? Selfish, bad teammate. Bad locker room guy. I'm like, where's like, where's all of these things coming from? It was a copycat, uh, you know, league and a copycat narrative that was out there. And it started becoming a domino effect. And early, that was that's what was, you know, that was cutting deep. And it was just like, why? And I have I, I have prepared myself to kind of just walk away from the game uh, if the right situation didn't come about. You really were ready to walk away? I was ready to walk away. For some reason, I don't believe you. Jennifer Hudson face. Terrell Suggs face. We're going to get into this uh, conversation. You have been MIA after Thanksgiving. So I'll I want to get a Jay Hud face, first of all. Huh? What? I'll take a Jay Hud face. Yeah, we're going to get into you uh, potentially being named Jennifer. We're going to get to that. But I want to figure out. Uh, not how your Thanksgiving was. I want to know what the worst edition of your Thanksgiving experience was. What was it? Call a person out if you have to. What was the worst dish? That's what we're doing today. <laughs> we didn't have any bad food. Don't do that. Don't be PC. We, we, we usually don't. I can't really remember the last Thanksgiving that we had bad food. Um... All right. So if everything was like a nine and a half, ten, I would give. I would give the kale a seven. Chrissy Belton, what did you make? We saw you on Instagram. What was your dish, and Chris, what was it rate? Chris, Chrissiana bought that dry a double s peach cobbler that looked like. That looked like Southern hash browns. That's <laughs> what she threw it on the table. Like, yo, fam, take this home. Like, how you from the dirty south and you don't know how to make peach cobbler? How you from the peach state? You don't know how to make peach cobbler. <laughs> You're not invited next year. <laughs> Food, um, some cheesecake. We had some juniors. Somebody bought juniors cheesecake, which was that's, all right. cheap. that's a cop out. Yeah. Um, Did they leave it in the box, or did you know from tasting it, it was juniors? Nah, they left it in the box and the bag. No, oh, nah, that's cheap. They wanted to, they wanted y'all to know that the dessert came from a reputable source. That ain't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everything was. The pot roast, which I made, yours truly, for the very first time, elite. Here we go. Here we go. 
I have the testimonials, but I'll just leave it at that. If you want a pot roast for your next family function, mm-hmm. holler at me at Melisa's three E's in there. DM me. We'll see if we can work out. I literally have to type out the three E's when I type your name and anything related to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Two E's wasn't available, so I had to go with three E's. I'm like, M-E-L, one, two, three. All right. Three, Z-U-S. Yes. Holla at me for the pot rolls. That's that's a shortcut to say your pot roast is the talk of the town. Um, I'm going to need anyone in attendance to verify that. Anybody. You can ask Paris. She was there. She wants one for her own Christmas dinner. And you know how Paris get down on the eats. Yo, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but we're here now. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, gets, everyone gets exposed on this podcast. <laughs> I pa- Paris, I hope to God your uh, co-workers don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> She had hit me up for a favor. I'm going to leave it at favor for uh, what do we say? Get your excuses ready for Monday. She left me a request for a favor to help aid in one of her excuses. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) She can explain otherwise what that means. But yeah, I'm going to have to. Get her to vouch for your uh, your what was it pot roast you said? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What did you, what did you do different that made it slap? Nigga, I'm not giving that away on the air. I'm not giving that away ever. Oh, so in other words, you stole somebody else's recipe and passed it. No, no, never. Got it. You let the ancestors guide you with the seasonings. You let the ancestor guide you with the timing, with the temperature. Let the ancestors and God be God. So you just cracked you just cracked the door and let God in, huh? Yeah, got to. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. But uh, go through you. I don't believe any of that. But whatever. Um, (laughs) So your Thanksgiving, your your. Low light was uh, the collard greens. Kale, you said? One of the greens? Yeah. We only oh. had kale and uh, string beans. They weren't disgusting, but, you know, comparable to everything else that was laid out, it was a little underwhelming. So I would give it six and a half, seven. But I'm on a spot right now. Who made the kale? Who's responsible for the low light of things? No, nobody ever even found out. I don't yeah. know if it was... Mm. From a restaurant or a, a, a chef or if that was one of the um, family members. I don't know. Because, like, some things we get from restaurants, some things um, certain people make. Like, Nissy made the string beans and the mac and cheese. Barbara made the yam. What? The, uh, you know, the pot rolls. Like, some people make stuff, some things we get from, you know, outside. So, I don't know where that kale came from, actually. Weird flex. We 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 too sadiddy to make it. We order it out. I hear you. Um, I feel you. No, I feel you. I feel I, you. That's not normal. Everybody does that. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. 
Nigga, what do you think honey baked ham? There's a whole business for people that are too lazy to do their own foods. I know niggas that ham slap. One of those niggas being uh Tiffany Reed. Her ham slaps. So I don't know what you're talking about. About uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> putting that out there. All right. All right. Chris Crow will be cursing y'all out if you know y'all had stuff catered from a restaurant for Thanksgiving. She'd be proud. No, no. no, no. <laughs> oh, She'd be proud of the finesse. <laughs> Don't put pride in that. Don't do that. Listen. Well, that was your Thanksgiving. Uh, the worst part of my Thanksgiving was uh, me getting turned around three times and three separate occasions on Waze because Waze was acting like a temperamental, uh, crazy person on Thanksgiving Day, traveling, having to go from Yakis to Brooklyn to Jersey. Yeah, Waze, I just want to put you in the same category as Help Desk Lady from last Week, but uh, yeah. Wait, so you was in Brooklyn and you didn't slide through? No, no, I wasn't invited. Wow. Wasn't invited. Wow. Wasn't invited. Wow. Thomas, good, Thomas, wow. faithful listener to the show, thank you for inviting me to Brooklyn for Thanksgiving because I would have never gotten invited. Wow. I appreciate you. Wow. 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 Literally did a drive-by and then had to go to Jersey and from and Jersey. Thomas, Thomas is close to me, no? No, he does not. Yes, he is. I feel like I've seen Thomas over here 20 times in the past three months. You've seen him because he lives in Brooklyn, not because he lives close by you. He does. I'm pretty he, sure he does. I'm not giving his address on uh, the air, no, but I, just know. I, I, Sure, he's he's in a very close vicinity. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure of it. Mm-hmm. 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 What's his zip code? You prove it. You prove it. What's his zip code? I don't know. You won't give your pot roast uh, recipe what's, out? I'm not giving the zip code. What's the cross street? Yeah, it's between uh, I don't know and no yeah, room. Yeah, it's right by me. Exactly by me. I'm, I'm so glad you're in by that I don't know. Yeah, I'm so glad you were in Brooklyn for Thanksgiving and didn't just be like, peek your head in at least. I like, I got first, but you know, I was in the area, so you know, how'd you do? Oh. I was invited. This is a great conversation. How do you feel with people that show up that weren't invited? Don't how, come. Do, how does that feel? Oh, don't come, but you just told me. <laughs> you just told me. That I that's, came people, that's people. You're family. Like you're not people. They're it's people. The they're it's friends. The they're family. They're the associates. If you're people, don't show up uninvited. If you're an associate, don't show up uninvited. If you're a friend, your family, that might be accepted. If I'm a family member and I don't show up and I show up uninvited, what's the response? Not me, but somebody that you would be like, oh, uh, you're here, even though they're family. Uh, we don't have any more food or anything, but you know, you can help yourself to a ginger ale. 
That's that's wild. And it, you don't have a dish or nothing. You don't even like you. You came empty-handed, uninvited, and empty-handed. That's a bad recipe. That's wild. Like if you're uninvited, but I got this bomb caramel cake. Yo, Kazo, come on in. Yo, fam, come on in. Yo, associate, come on in. Let me get that caramel cake. Are you uninvited and empty-handed? What you looking for? We so ain't got. Caramel cake is your love language, is what you're saying. If you have a caramel cake, I haven't had it in mad long because nobody around seems to know how to make it. I can't find a store that seems to know how to make it. Um, there was this place in Harlem. I can't remember the name of it. Bake my cake. Might have been. Yo, two ticks pastries, man. We don't shout you out enough, but I've been asking her for a caramel cake for the past five years. And for whatever reason, she keeps making whatever she wants to make. <laughs> like, I, I did not ask you for this. Like, I specifically said caramel. Like, this is the season for caramel. Like, give me a caramel cake. You keep sending a strawberry shortcake. I don't want that. Uh, I was just, last, last year was my last year asking her for a camera cake. I'm like, she's like, I don't know, like, I don't know what she's thinking I'm saying, but she's not getting it, so whatever. Oh, man. Uh, don't feel bad. <laughs> Yo, did she send that camera? Nah, she got us this strawberry, like, man, a lemon cake, strawberry, like, where's the caramel? That's all I asked you for. Three of the cakes, not caramel. Like, yo, this, this is real. Oh, my word. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. Anybody out there that can make a bomb caramel cake or knows where I can get a bomb caramel cake, please add Melissa's with three E's before the Z. Oh, man. I need that. <sighs> That's hysterical. Um, so if you show up to the function in Brooklyn with a caramel cake, regardless if, if it's been tasted or not, and you are unannounced, you might be invited into the mix if yeah. it's a caramel cake. Open arms. Yeah, you ever been to a function where uh, you weren't going to eat because you didn't know who was cooking? Yeah. Like, and keep it a buck. I, you keep it a buck. You go to your house first. Email's like, oh, we're going to go to so-and-so from my family's house first. And you eat at your family's house because you're like, I don't chance what's going to happen. But, you know, I get to the next spot. I'm just like. And I've been to events where I'm like, I know who cooked that. No thanks. <laughs> I want no part of that. <laughs> I will starve before I eat that. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was part of my uh, my second stop in Thanksgiving. I didn't eat because I was unaware of how the food was gonna slap. So I just didn't take parts. I was just like, you know what? No, I'm all right. Didn't. <laughs> Not going to eat. Uh, you, you, the best Thanksgiving thing to say is, oh, you know, I'll just take a plate to go. So that way you can eat it in the presence of your home and just be like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, throw that joint away because it ain't it. That ain't it. I will say we shared a, 
a comical moment at Thomas's house. My uh, cousin made some. She made her macaroni and cheese, and then she made my aunt's recipe for macaroni and cheese. And no lie, three separate times she said, "Yeah, well, if you don't like this macaroni and cheese, just know that uh, Auntie so and so that's her recipe." So I said, "All right, we get it. If it's nasty, we gonna say." Auntie so and so made this mac and cheese. That's what you're trying to tell us. This entire time, Auntie so and so made this. All right, we get it. You don't, you don't got to keep asking. Put that disclaimer out there. Like. <laughs> Was it good? I don't eat mac and cheese. I couldn't tell you. Okay, you don't eat cheese. I forgot. You don't eat cheese, but you eat pizza. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, but I would have said, nah, fam. Neither one of these is it. And if I ate cheese, I would have been, I would have kept it a stack. Did it get good reviews at least from the, the, the relatives that were there? Yeah. My sister is probably she looks like me, but she's me in a skirt. And she was like, she had stepped out, my cousin stepped out to the store and Kimdija and her dumb self was like, Oh man, I wish she was here to get my honest reaction. I actually like this mac and cheese, but she's not here. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know. What the day? And then when she walked in, she goes, "Oh man, I wish you'd have got the organic reaction. I I actually enjoyed your mac and cheese." So, oh man, that's hilarious. Oh man, sixteen minutes in uh, Thanksgiving recap. Uh, we're silly if you can't tell, um, but we're gonna get sillier. And I I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you disclaimer, but I'm gonna ask you who's your most annoying kid. I know you love all four equally, but who's your most annoying kid? Oh. Uh, um, nah, come on, fam. <laughs> all four of them are really annoying. But the most, it would have to be either. Evan or Ellie? Is Evan because he eats, he's a slow eater? He's a slow eater. He's a slow mover. Like in the mornings, he's just like <laughs> dragging like a snail. <laughs> um, like everything about him is just like <laughs> he doesn't move with any zeal or fervor or like intention. It just drives me crazy. Um, so, yeah. That's really annoying, and he has a mouth. Like, if you say something, he always has to have, like, like that didn't require you to, to say anything. Just, you know, take what I'm saying and, and do it. Um, and Ellie, because she's, well, she's the baby, so she's a baby. And that's just annoying in and of itself, like whining and crying and pick me up. And she's a baby, so, you know, not sure if I like the baby. I feel like I'm cheating by saying Caden uh, because Callie isn't old enough, but he's in a stage where he just whines for everything. Yeah. And I, I keep saying, if if Pam Crow was in his house, she would tell you to go to the basement and shut up. <laughs> if Pam Crow was here, she would tell you, go to the basement, send that boy to the basement and leave it at that. Send that boy in the basement and close the door. And that's how a lot of us that you got you want to realize who the uh, annoying person was in your family if they got sent downstairs to the basement. 
<laughs> in the basement was already full. If you got sent down, if you got sent downstairs to the basement and didn't go voluntarily, guess what? You would annoy a person in the family. That's a fact. But yeah, it, it, he's in a stage where he uh, whines, and I'm sure you may have experienced this in uh, your three kids. But the oldest always seems like they don't know how to act because the youngest. Like they're taking cues from the youngest. It's like, nigga, you're older. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably forget. I don't know. That but that's very true. They kind of get lost in like who's the oldest and who's who's supposed to act like the more mature one. That's very true, actually. <laughs> Kaden will say in a second, well, Callie did so. I'm like, nigga, she's one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> They're all. This is, he's like in his mind. We're all the same age. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that that's. I guess the recap and your annoying kid take. Um, don't want to ask you about Christmas. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about Christmas. So you're starting to decorate. How long did your tree stay up? Um, usually by like the end of January. Nigga, you ain't black. Yeah, I know. I don't like to, I don't know, I don't know. But like January, yeah. Definitely yeah. going into February with a tree hanging up. Tree yeah. My tree stays up until me and Tiffany give each other that look like, nigga, it's time. Like, you gonna take it down? No, you gonna take it down? <laughs> Well, I guess I guess it's coming down, but that's usually not until like <laughs> February, March. Oh man, nigga, what? Laziness, sure laziness. Just tree just stays up. Then someone gets tired of looking at it. All right, fam. All right. All right. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much how it is in my house, and I'm usually the first one to, and it comes really fast. Because if I leave it to Mel, he'll just be like, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Because we were supposed to decorate the tree Saturday. Um, everybody was here. The whole family was supposed to decorate the tree. And it didn't happen. It was like, all right, we can do it Monday. You're off. And it didn't happen. So it was like, all right. And yesterday, I just, like Wednesday, I just got up. I'm like, because if I wait, it'll be Christmas. And we'll be looking at just, you know, this bare tree. So... I'm usually the one that has to take the initiative on everything, and because it's me and because I get that inkling first and it comes quick, yeah, January, by like the end of January, I'm like, all right, we're in a whole new year, Christmas is 30 days removed, gotta go, bro. And Dorothy Reed's house, nigga, Thanksgiving, if you came over, you was helping set up the tree Thanksgiving Day. Nigga, after you ate, get the tree out, get the ornaments. We putting up the tree while y'all here. No yeah, excuse. I remember your mom told me she starts her shopping and her Christmas shopping in October. Yeah, and it's something that I wish I would have picked up from her. Nigga, I wait yeah. until, like, we the did. week before Christmas. I'll do a yawn and be like, hey, who else is on the system? <laughs> 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 Who else we got to shop for? <laughs> and then get annoyed at the stores because the lines are ridiculous and I'm just like, right. over it. Well, yeah, 
they would start early and hide the stuff. And it would always amaze me that uh, I remember when I think it was PlayStation 2 came out and everybody and their mom was trying to get a PlayStation 2. And I told my parents that I was anticipating purchasing a Japanese one to have it um, <laughs> to have it uh, broken, jailbroken mm-hmm. to use. Because them niggas tried to play me like, we ain't going to get you a PS2. Everybody we know, we tried to contact. <laughs> them niggas looked at me like, fam, that's not going to happen. So I went the whole Christmas, and it was like, there's one gift left. And the one gift left was the effing PS2. Mm-hmm. And no, uh, don't ah, uh, don't ah, uh, nigga. I was surprising. <laughs> I remember, I, I remember calling Hot ninety seven when they were giving him away that year, like trying to win uh-huh. PS two. I was that thirsty for <laughs> for a PS two, mm-hmm. and I remember the opening every gift like, is this it? Is this it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst ever. Like opening something expecting it to be one thing, and it's just like. Come on. Nigga, I looked at the tree. I remember I remember vividly looking at the tree and how many gifts was left that I had to open. And I'm like, fam. And that's when I was like, maybe I should tell them. So I was like, yo, worst case scenario, I know somebody that gave me a Japanese PlayStation that I could jailbreak, get some American games. <laughs> them niggas didn't even budge. They just, all right. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, yo, you're ridiculous. They, they just kept handing out stuff. Oh. I don't know if it's a handout, but uh, we opened with Rachel Nichols talking to Mello about his player of the week. Um, player of the week award, it wasn't a handout. It was very much earned. Some critics said afterwards that Mello shouldn't have gotten it for player of the week. But I want to know what your thoughts are in terms of Mello coming back. We clowned him for the double O number. But are you impressed or not nah with how he's been playing since getting back into the league? Uh, I wouldn't say impressed. I would, you know, I would expect him to. Melo is an elite scorer. That's always that's always been his game. He's never been, you know, like a great defender or uh, elevator of his teammates or you know like a great floor general. He's just been a really good scorer his entire career. Syracuse. Denver with the Knicks, like that, that's what he does. So when he came back, um, I just expected him to, to, you know, step back into that scoring mentality. And um, the situation that he's in is, is it's ideal for him. And, you know, he's, he's doing pretty good. He was out of ball for a while. So you expect him to, you know, be a little out of, a little bit out of game shape. But he hasn't looked that bad. Um, considering, so yeah, like kudos to Melo for you know balling out, doing what he does, staying ready, staying fit, and earning that player. To, I don't know if he earned it, but you know he got it. What under the, the, this conversation? Um, when it's done, is going to leave me someplace else. But uh, and Melo talking to Rachel Nichols, he was saying. Um, the toughest part was people saying that he was a bad teammate, that he was um, horrible in a locker room. And that was stuff that he had to overcome in order to get back to this point. And he actually contemplated walking away if the right scenario didn't happen. 
Mm-hmm. My question, not even a question, my thought still is, well, how is Portland the right situation? Granted, we see how he fits now. But how is Portland the right situation where, and maybe it's personal attachment, but I feel like he could have been thriving more in Golden State. Not that Portland doesn't work. Even right now, because niggas is injured out there. Nah, yeah, and you see, like, they they have the very, the worst record in the entire NBA. And you you put Melo in that situation, and and they continue to lose, and then that's just more dirt thrown on his name. Like, that, if Stephano were there, I can see your point. Maybe him, like, coming up the bench, leading that second unit, um, because they really have no bench. it's just it would have just been like you know if Clay would have played this year, it would have just been like Steph Clay, Draymond, you know D'Lo, and a bunch of varsity niggas, you know filling out the roster. So if everybody on Golden State was healthy, I can I was I, I can see that play. Um, but for like the Blazers, they have like a ceiling, you know what I mean? Especially being out in the West, um, their dynamic duo is six six foot. And the the other one is what six two six three. You know what I mean. So it's easy to it's easy to lock that up in the playoffs, hone in on them. You know, take one out the game and leave the other one to struggle. Uh, so you know, Melo is like the ideal third option, three headed monster. Um, they don't play a lot of defense, so it's just like all right, you know, throw that in there. He fits right in. They're not gonna, you know, the Blazers aren't coming out the West. You know, just because they added Mello, um, it's just because the West is just so stacked. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, an enormous mountain to climb to get to the to the finals out the West. But, yeah, I just think it works being in Portland. Do you think he's added to the team or no? And this is not – it doesn't got to be a deep dive, but I'm just saying because he was the player of the week after not – playing in the league for two years, coming back, and it's like should be to no surprise, surprise. Oh, Melo's doing what Melo does. But do you think he's added to uh, the Blazers or no? Nah? Um, excuse me, not really. That's not fine. Really. That's fine, because most people don't think he's added to him either, but you have others. You know what I hate? I hate the narrative that the media can play in any individual, whether it's politics or sports. If they hate you, they hate you. But when they want to dick eat, they'll dick eat, no matter, like, regardless of the person, regardless of the circumstance. It's just, it's like I said, it's like I just said, the, the Blazers have a ceiling. The West is a, you know, it's just too much to get through to get to the finals. It's like, it's just like the Celtics. Like, does Kim, like, did Kimball Walker add to the Celtics? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, that team is that team. They have a great coach. They have great young players. And you just added, like, another player. But y'all not getting through the Bucks. You know what I mean? So it's just like, y'all probably won't even get through the Raptors, even without Kawhi. 
know what I mean? It's just like, he don't make them worse. He ain't making the Blazers worse, but he's not like elevating them to, to where they're contenders. That's what I mean. Okay. Um, he's not adding, uh, he's not making them contenders. Um, but if we're talking about the same Blazers team last year compared to this year, um, I would like to say he's giving him a different, um, he's giving him a different look because before you only had to plan from by Golden State, huh? They're still getting swept out of here by Golden State. If everybody's healthy and Golden State this year, sure. But if not, nigga, Golden State's not even <laughs> they're not even in the they ain't even in televised games no more this year. No, but I mean you said last year. If you're looking at if you take that Blazers team last year and you put you put Melo on that Blazers team last year, like even with the success that they had getting to the Western Conference Finals, add Melo to that, they still going home. They're not getting through the Warriors. You know what I mean? It's just like He's not diminishing who they are, but he's not really taking them up a notch. It's just you're just adding, you know, twenty points, you know, here or there, when, when you know, whenever he can. It's just like I don't know. You asked me something last week, uh, jumping from Mellow. Um, before we do that, who do you think wins Lakers versus Lake uh, Lakers versus Portland game? When this airs, which would be Friday, who do you think wins that Lakers Portland game? I'm predicting the Lakers go 72 and 10. So I'm low key rooting for these niggas now. That's um, not going to. Well, if they make it out of December with only two losses, then they'll be on pace to do it. So they already lost to the Mavs, which was kind of crazy how they lost that game. Um, I think they just got kind of like puffed up and. And the Mavs had lost a couple of games, I think, um, previously. And they kind of just, you know, thought they would just cruise through it. They were at home. And, you know, Luke and them came out swinging. Um, but, yeah, if they make it out with only two losses, they got a tough schedule coming up. They, 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 they killed their back-to-back. They went to Denver in that high altitude. And they beat the Nuggets. They had a back-to-back. They went to Utah, blew them niggas out. LeBron gave away his shoes with four minutes left in the game. Like, the nigga didn't even have shoes on. Sitting, dancing on the court, running on the court, sliding like he's 10 years old. Knocked them niggas out the park. So, you know, we'll see. My biggest gripe with the Lakers record has been they played seamlessly nobody. And you got people like Jared Dudley who get up and post yeah, um, Jared, nigga, come on, sit down. You average six minutes, one point. Like, you have, you, you're not contributing to, to the Lakers' success. It has nothing to do with you. Like, yeah. have, you have nothing to say here. That's the part that annoys me, is that, like, I look at it different. Niggas may think I'm bugging, but you got, like, teams the Lakers should be blowing out that they're barely beaten. And teams that the Lakers are beating that you're like, oh, well, what are you going to say now? Because you said they didn't play anybody. It's like, fam, let's keep it a buck. 
this schedule is like the Patriots schedule, nigga. It's probably the th- second weakest schedule that's favorable to them where they can have a winning schedule. Yeah. That's why I said this this month of December will be the test for the Lakers because they have a couple of, you know, 500 and better better teams. Like, um, they, they play the Clippers again, right, Christmas Day? Yep. They play the Clippers. I think they have, um, like, Minnesota coming up. They're, they're like the 6 or 7 seed right now, so that's not, you know, an easy out. Um. You know they got a couple of couple of tough ones. They they knocked it out the park with the Denver Utah. So you know we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you asked me last week, and I'm only talking about this in terms of like uh, teams. We talked about we got to the Lakers talking about Melo, but you asked me last week if Kyrie was cancer a cancer to the team, and I said he was cancerous. I'm gonna retract that statement and say that nigga's <laughs> that nigga's a cancer. Right. See it, right? It's been out there ever since we talked about it. Nigga's got his bug. Um, um, yeah, it's crazy. I'm gonna read uh, what Kyrie. I hate that it's him. I'm gonna read what Kyrie says. Uh, I'm gonna get get through it fairly quick, but I'm gonna not a deep dive. But so. Kyrie wrote on November 27th, I believe it was, when they faced the Celtics. It happens all the time, and tonight just shows how sports entertainment will always be ignorant and obtrusive. It's one big show that means very, very little in the real world that most people live in because there are actually things that matter going on within it. Like figuring out a life that means more to you than a damn ball going into a hoop or learning how to grow up being a in a fishbowl of a society based on your popularity level as a person or even dealing with becoming the leader of your family after someone's passing and not knowing how to deal with life after it happens. But the game of sports entertainment matters more than someone's mental health and well-being, right? Or the real-life things that happen to people every day, but they still have to perform for the NBA and its fans, right? It's all about doing it for the fans and organizations that love you so much. Think again. It's a game, and it's promoted as a fandom experience for ticket buyers and viewers at home, while defacing who people truly are as people. Then spat out all over these media networks as valuable food for thought, while they actually believe that their opinions hold weight to to real cultural leaders that speak and act for change. One big gimmick with some smoke and mirrors, I'll always be the one that takes the stand and speaks on the truth every time, though. A purposely, a purposeful and spiritual led life will always be bigger and more meaningful than any other sports arena or any other entertainment space. This game isn't meant to be controlled and shown as a drama. It's meant to show the love. Love for the art is the only dr- uh, only damn thing that keeps the pursuit. The purest of people in this giant sports entertainment circus don't fall for the game. That's played in front of you as entertainment. It never, it'll never be as serious dealing with life. Kyrie, Efren Irvin. I read that to say, I don't see how this thing's going to make it to uh, KD coming back. Yeah. I honestly don't like because it was the people and the fans in Boston were chilling, chanting, where is Kyrie? 
And if that's your response to people that paid their money, I mean, I get both sides. I'll be mad as hell if I'm a, a fan that's worked 40, 80 hours a week to buy a ticket to a game. And now I can't see, like, All-Stars, nigga. Nobody wants to go to a game and watch the B-Squad. If if that were to happen, i just go see the the G League or watch you niggas play. Yeah, uh, game or something. Like, yeah. Niggas, so, you know. Especially the people that travel. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes people coming from out of state. You know what I mean? To see these games. And it's like, all right. We're the superstars. And sometimes you don't know that until you get to the game. You buy the tickets in advance. Right. Like you you playing your schedule saying, Oh, I want to see this game because that's gonna be lit before the schedule um when the schedule drops. And then the night of the game, you're like, you get to the arena and it's like, Oh, just so you know, so and so and so won't be playing tonight. You're like, nigga, what? Yeah. You already got me for Three times the markup value just to, to get in the door. And now you're telling me I paid three times to see niggas that I don't care about? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I was trying to find the um the record of the Nets when Kyrie since Kyrie's gotten there. And the record since he's been out. I can't seem to find it, though. I do see the record from Boston. When he was with Boston, they were 82 and 55 with him. Without him, they were 33 and 11. But, the um, yeah, the Nets one was crazy because they actually had a losing record with Kyrie. And since he's been out, they've been... Doing pretty well. Because they're more about team ball. You know what I mean? I remember when uh, KD went and signed in, everybody was asking him, like, why Brooklyn and why not the Knicks and why he didn't stay Golden State? He was like, you know, I like the way they play ball. is like team camaraderie. They pass around. You know, the, the ball swings all around the court. But Kyrie's a ball stopper. So I don't – I'm going to be very interested next season to see how this, how this all works because he's not a Steph Curry – where, you know, he's good with just running off screens and if he gets the ball, cool. And, you know, if Clay is hot, then we're just going to feed Clay. And I don't, I don't really got to touch the ball that much. Like, it's very different. At the time of this post, the Nets, um, and this is a couple of days ago. Uh, okay. Yeah, literally a couple of days ago, December 3rd. Uh, the Nets currently are 6-3 and three with Kyrie Irving on the bench. And without without with Kyrie on the floor, they're four and seven. So they're six and three when he's on the bench. When he's not playing, they're four and seven. So yeah. that, just, that just goes to show you where they are. Um, yeah, I said he was cancerous. I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and change that to. Kyrie may be a cancer. Maybe. O- only because uh, there were rumors and innuendo coming out saying that the younger Nets niggas is like, fam, we don't need you. Yeah. 
And personally, when he made that post, the first thing I thought about was, I don't know how they're going to hold this together until KD comes back. Yeah, because the excuse last year in 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 Boston was my grandpa died, and you know I was dealing with a lot off the court. I wasn't really able to be you know myself and be a leader to those because I was dealing with so much off the court. So it's like, all right, you recognize that now, so you're kind of like in a better space. I would hope you've grown, you know, within those 365 days. Um, but it seemed like he's still kind of battling with, you know, whatever with whatever that was last season in Boston. From that post. It's just like he just, you know, has this whole mental mental health, mental space thing that he's just, you know, that's his main priority. And it just doesn't he just doesn't seem like I don't know. It just I don't like I'm with you. I don't see how this works. Yeah, I don't see how this works. And it was the same thing in Boston. It was like, yo, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. We almost had LeBron. We had them in a game seven. We almost came out of that. And you were on the bench. You weren't even here. You weren't even in the arena game seven because you had some surgery on your nose. So, <laughs> like, 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 nigga, we don't need you. And, you know, same thing is happening now in Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, we were like the Tennessee when you were out here balling, you know, scoring 50 points here and there. And now, you know, we're six and three without you sitting at number seven. We might have this. But I will say this. When you get to the playoffs, though, you do need you do need a superstar, someone who can close the games for you, because that was Boston's problem when they ran into LeBron. It was like we were right here. We were right here. And then it was really close. And everybody looking around like, all right, who's going to close this for us? And LeBron was like, all right, I smell blood. Let me get this over with. So I will say that having a superstar like a Kyrie, especially with playoff experience, final experience, uh, you know, having a ring, making big time shots, um, having someone like him in the playoffs will help them. Um, but in the regular season, like they can make it to the playoffs without him. They can coast right through the East and easily get, you know, 560 and be straight. But it's when you're in the playoffs, you just need you just need a big player to close those moments, and you know nobody's better at at that than Kyrie. I just feel like he's not gonna make it that long, um, especially with the whole. Uh, I get, I get it, but I don't understand load management because you want people to be health, healthy for the long haul. But if you take into account, I've paid my money because you got a check to pay. You keep it. You get paid millions and your only job is to show up for work. I work whatever it may be. Let's say. I scrape pennies to go to a game and may like my son's into the team because of you. I scrape pennies to work to the game, and I get there, and you don't play. Yeah, I have a problem with that now. Yeah, definitely. And um, that I feel like Adam said Adam Sandler, <laughs> Adam Silver, and you know those owners, and they're gonna have to figure something out with this low management thing because it's hurting the ratings. The fans, the consumers aren't happy. 
you know, ticket sales aren't what they used to be. I look at a Houston game. There's mad empty seats. You know, we talked about the Warriors. I'm sure they're taking a major loss on that brand new stadium. Um, I'm sorry, arena. There ain't nobody in there. So y'all going to have to figure something out with this low management thing. This is a star-driven league, and players are just sitting out because it's like, all right, we got a long season. We're looking towards the playoffs. I want to be fresh and rested and healthy for April through June. I'm going to sit this one out. So that's going to be a, a, a job and a task for the commissioner and his guys this coming off season because it's not a good look. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if – and maybe that's the thing. If you're telling me somebody's going to do low management, maybe I won't buy a ticket to the game in advance because I know I know ahead of time, and it's wild <laughs> because yeah, it's like it – just You know, maybe the NBA schedulers can just, you know, make a better schedule, not have back-to-backs, um, maybe shorten the season so you can have games be like every other day instead of – you know, having home and homes and back to backs and you know five games in, in seven days. You know, you could you can do that to avoid the whole load management thing. It doesn't even have to be about you know announcing that we're doing load management if the schedule didn't require me to sit out because I'm here one I'm in Denver one night and then I got to go to Utah the very next day. The altitude change alone is just crazy from Denver to anywhere. So it's like, you know, change the schedules. Spread the games out. And, you know, players and coaches won't have to be faced with this. I need my rest. And then, you know, the, the, the consumer could just be comfortable and having the assurance that, yeah, I'm, I bought a ticket to go see Kawhi and the Clippers. I'm going to see Kawhi, Paul George, everybody going to be out there. Nigga, you, you aren't paying to see Kawhi unless you're playing in the playoffs. That nigga is content and not playing yeah. the season. Yeah. And he's he just does not care about regular season accolades, individual accolades. Like, he's never going to get an MVP vote because he doesn't play enough games. He's not going to get all NBA because he doesn't play enough. He didn't even play a lot of minutes. Nigga, he ain't like 25 27 minutes is, is the craziest thing ever. He's just like, yo, my end game is June. And, you know, that's what I'm – I'm only here so I don't get fined. Like, it's crazy. You say I'm only here so I don't get fined. And that um, brings me out of this sport to the next um, – NFL, we gave our Super Bowl predictions early. Don't think those Super Bowl predictions are going to hold up, but we gave them early. Uh, Who did I have? Packers and the, the Chiefs? No, no, ma'am. You had the, the Patriots. I had the Patriots and who? The Packers? Patriots and I want to say the Vikings you had. There's no way I picked the Vikings. Get I promise you. There's no way I picked the Vikings. You didn't pick the Packers? I can tell you that. I, I feel like I said the the Chiefs and the Packers. Saints, 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 Saints. You said Saints. Because I remember we both said Saints was our... Uh, Patriots and the Saints? Yeah. The Chiefs and the Saints. 
You're switching it now to the Chiefs and the Saints. No, I'm not switching it. I'm asking you. I feel like I picked the Packers. Like I don't, I don't remember picking the Saints. Why would I pick the Saints? Because the Saints are good. When do we make these predictions? I'm looking back because I don't. I don't. Uh, state community logins. Uh, anyway, while I look that up, what are your thoughts on Ron Rivera? Uh, Another minority out the league. Um, keeping it not woke. Uh, I just feel like you know maybe they're just. It's kind of what Dallas should have done with Jason. You know what I mean? By now. It's like, all right, the players aren't really responding to this anymore. It was good while it lasted. It was fun when it first happened. But, you know, we need to shake things up around here a little bit. So you got to go wrong. And um, that's just how I see Because they weren't bad. They had, they would. He's been there for, what, eight years? They weren't bad at all. He's been there for a while. He, they got three, you know, division titles. They had a, a Super Bowl run. Um, Cam got an MVP year. So he, they weren't, you know, they weren't like the Browns or the Lions or the Bengals. They've had some pretty good years. It's just, you know, Cam has been injured um, a lot recently, and they haven't really been able to find that 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 magic since that Super Bowl run. But yeah, he's probably just like, you know, the sacrificial lamb. Like, yeah, I need to just, you know, make a few changes around here and gotta start with the head coach because that's who the players respond to first. And get a new voice, get get some fresh ideas and, you know, shake this thing up. And it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Cam on the last year of his new his little twenty million contract. Um, I say little, like I got mad millions. Um, but yeah, he's basically on like, they're basically paying him pennies compared to the market rate for a, quarter, a quarterback in the league right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Cam. He just had surgery, I believe, the other day, foot surgery or something, and he expects to be back in March. Gonna, uh, but we'll see. I'm going to interrupt for two seconds. Episode 61, wins and losses. You said Chiefs and Saints. I told you you said Saints. Saints in the um, Super Bowl. And my prediction was Chiefs and the Bears, nigga. What? <laughs> well, at least the Saints aren't like the Bears have no. They're not even making the playoffs. I said this before everybody was hype on. Uh, this was the first game of the season when we first started doing uh, Sunday night uh, predictions and the Bears were getting smoked the game we were recording and we had made the prediction the same game. Like literally started the game, I picked the Bears because their defense was ranked number one in the league yeah. and we were recording you were like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw two touchdowns back to back. And I was like, well, I can't change it now. Yeah, so. I remember that. Smoked up niggas that night. You picked um, Saints. I picked Chiefs. <laughs> Bears. So we picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs and the Saints. Um, I will hold on to that Chiefs 
although I do think the Ravens, the Ravens look as, are looking scary. Um, but I will hurt, hold firm with the Chiefs. The Saints aren't really that bad of a prediction either for the NFC. Um, but it's a lot to get through. Like we talked about the West, the Western Conference and the NBA. Like the NFC is, that's a mountain to climb to get to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll make the Super Bowl though. But <laughs> uh, who's your who's your MVP picks? Your two top two? Uh, Russ and um, what's his name, Lamar. Before Lamar started going on his tear, mine's was Russ and McCaffrey. Okay. And as quiet as they have been, Seahawks have won nine straight games and are ten and two. Yeah. And they beat the Almighty Forty Niners um, when they were undefeated. Um. Yeah, they they've just been they've been balling. Josh Gordon is there quietly, you know. Producing, it's not a lot of big name, you know, stars in Seattle, but they get it done. The reason why the Seahawks are scary right now is because, like you said, they beat the undefeated 49ers and they find a way. If you watch the past two games that were televised for the Seahawks, they find a way. And that's actually the Sunday night game, uh, Seahawks versus Rams, that we'll get into in a second. The Seahawks find a way to win. Like Russell Wilson said, he was uh, mic'd up last game, and his thing was, don't give up. Find a way. Find a way to win. Like, find a way to want to play. Like, he said that before they were mic'd up, before the game started. And the, the niggas are playing with a, a confidence that's a little crazy going into the end of the season. Um, I understand Lamar is playing outstanding right now, and he might be the threat to come out the AFC, but uh, everybody likes the Saints uh, because of what the history says. But if you look at the Seahawks right now, them niggas are a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to, if I could, if I could change my prediction, I would... I would say the uh, the C. I wouldn't pick the 49ers because I don't really trust Jimmy. Like he hasn't been in a you know in a playoff run, so um, it would be hard for me to put my faith in in the 49ers coming out of the NFC. But Russ has tried and tested. Super Bowl champ, been through it. Like you said, they find a way to get it done. They scrape, they scrap, they claw. Um, they have great culture there. Uh, so if I could change my prediction, it would be uh, Seattle to come out of the NFC. Well, nigga, we ain't changing because we yeah, we're this. not changing. But I would have changed the first think, game because I picked the Bears. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think the Saints. I don't think the Saints are coming out. Like the Saints always just find a way to lose. Like Seattle finds a way to win. <laughs> the Saints always find a way to lose in the playoffs. So I'm not, yeah. 
That's a good point. And uh, so I'm sure some of you that have been listening to it uh, probably are scratching your ears at all this sports talk. But, nigga, that's why you listen to us. Because we give you some stuff and we give you some sports. So, uh, to come out of this, to give you guys a breath of fresh air, uh, we're going to do... I've seen a couple posts, and before we head out, a couple posts about decade being over and the top 10 albums of the decade. Have you done a top 10? Have you done a top 10? Have you done a top 10? So we're talking... 2010 through the end of this year, which is Ooh, you with the math. For those that have not been keeping score, yes. Yeah, so I got got it from here, yeah. Uh, got it from here, yeah, then. Of course, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy at number one. Um, I got it from here, yeah, damn. Four, four, four. Number two, Jay Z. Number three, Good Kid, Mad City. K Dot. Uh, number four. Duh, 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 I don't write these on a note. Of course, Coloring Book. My guy, Chance the Rezapper. Number five, Daytona. King Push. Ugh. Number six, Layla's Wisdom. Rhapsody. Girl Power. Number seven, Marshall Mathis LP, Eminem. Number eight, Anti, My Girl Riri. Number nine, Born Sinner, Jermaine. And rounding it out at number 10, Lemonade, the one and only Mrs. Carter. Hmm. I went all uh, hip hop for my top 10. I should have. And after I did my list, um, I should have mixed. Um, got some honorable mentions too, but you can go ahead and give yours. I'll give you my honorable mentions, and you can give me yours afterwards. Um, but we got a lot of the similar items just misplaced. Um, I didn't do mine in any particular order. I'm just going to give you uh, the ten that I wrote down and the order that I wrote them down. But this does not reflect the order in which I think they were. Uh, four, four, four. Uh, number two, take care. Mm-hmm. Number three, good kid, mad city. Number four, 2014, Forest Hills Drive. Ew, you are wild. Number five, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, six, Layla's wisdom. Seven, Adventures of Bobby Ray. Yeah, eight, That's my joy. <laughs> Eight recovery, Marshall. Nine. I'm surprised you didn't have you this like dark recovery. I loved recovery, to be honest with you. Wow, that's a shocker. That's the that's the that's the one that had all of the um that had monster that had uh Cinderella man. Yeah, I was a fan of recovery. Okay. Uh. Dark Sky Paradise, Big Sean, mm-hmm. number nine, and number ten, Teflon Don, the boss, Ricky Rose. Your ear is nasty, bro. You are ridiculous. 
if you look at this list, this is disgusting. <laughs> you look at this list, you got a eclectic Nasty. You Ross, Big Sean, B.O.B. No. Yay, Drake, no. Kendrick, Cole. No. You got the wrong. Rhapsody. You got the wrong Cole. No. Bornson is not better than Forest Hill Drives, my nigga. I can tell you that. Yes, it is. I can Forest tell you that. Forest Hill Drives gave us um the joint. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. That's it, nigga. You all right? Go back and listen to Forest Hill Drive and listen to Bornson, and I guarantee you, you'll be like, eh. Please, not one. Forza Drive might be J. Cole's best album to date. And I can argue anybody who says otherwise. Big Sean, Dark Sky Paradise may be his best project to date. Uh, I wouldn't argue that. I don't understand what his discrepancy is. We have a, a lot of the similar uh, albums. 444 we have, Good Kid we have, My Beautiful Dark we have, Layla's Wisdom we have, Only Place We Differ, I have Take Care, and if you don't have that, something's wrong with you in the past 10 years. Uh, Drake doesn't do it for me, he just doesn't move me. Avengers of Bobby Ray, B.O.B., my nigga. I actually, actually had that in my honorable mentions. The fact that you don't like Recovery, and that was the album after the nigga... Uh, Relapse, my, if we be honest, relapse. That last CD was trash. That's what he said. Uh, but it's between Teflon Don and Nasty. 2009. If you were to put Rick Ross album from 2009, which was uh, not Teflon Don, but and I was like, I almost put this album, but it wasn't in the era. Um. Hold on. Teflon Don. Take care. Deeper Than Rap. Deeper Than Rap came out a year before Teflon Don. And I always argue between those two albums being Rick Ross's best album. Teflon Don. Uh, Hold on. I might be mixing up Teflon Don with... Teflon Don had Freemason. It had Tears of Joy. It had Maybach Music 3 with T.I. and Jadakus. It had Live Fast, Die Young with Kanye. First of all, relax. Number one, MC Hammer. Blowing Money Fast. I think I'm Big Beach. Larry Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, Great. Another one. Yeah, Teflon Don is a go. Um, Yeah. So do you have do you have an album for every year or do you because Teflon came out with um, my beautiful doctors of fantasy so you no. probably skipped a year I didn't I didn't no I I didn't see, I didn't skip a year I didn't I didn't do it best albums of that particular year I did uh, the albums that I genuinely had on repeat in the last. 10 years of music, the albums that I continuously went back to. And for me, with no list, those are the albums that I continuously would play back without care 
in terms of who came out. Um, Take Care, I've played more than three times in its entirety. Um, Layla's Wisdom, I've played more than three times in its entirety. The Adventures of Bobby Ray, niggas may not have that on their top ten list, but I've played that album more than I can count. Yeah, that album is a, is a straight, like, no skits. Um, who do you have in your honorable mentions? Uh, because I did all rap, my honorable mentions, of course, Lemonade is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rihanna is there. Chris is also there in terms of honorable mentions because I only did hip hop. Um, and SZA were there in terms of honorable mentions. I only chose rap albums. If I would have did all, it would have took me way longer to do all around ten albums for the year. So yeah. I just tried to minimize it as best I could and just stick to hip hop. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of just kept it in that frame as well. Just like the albums that I listened to, the albums that spoke to me the most, um, the albums that were, you know, more significant to where I was. uh, uh, Those are the albums that I chose uh, honorable mentions I have Blank Face, Schoolboy Q, um, Beauty Behind the Madness, The Weeknd, Channel Orange, Frank Ocean, um, Beyonce 4, Adele 21. You know what the confusing part about doing this list was? Nigga, it was mad albums that came out in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Because I even think to J-Rock's Redemption, I think to Kendrick's Damn, like, yeah. albums that came out that... Just... Butterfly. Yeah. Yeah, it was mad stuff came out. And 10 years. So, uh, it's a question, a conversation we want to get started with y'all. Uh, Quan, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for not doing this before we did. But guess what? We'll tag you in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag you in the conversation uh, You junkie We'll tag you But uh, if you guys got your 10 best albums of the year And no, I don't expect you to come up with it In one setting Think about it uh, 10 years is a long time When you think about all the albums that came out uh, When I look back at all albums When I thought, damn, Take Care makes that list Damn this joint makes that list. My my beautiful dark makes it like, you, yeah. It's it's not as easy as uh just putting ten albums together. I will tell you that. It's not. It's really not. But um, you said Portland Lakers. You said you had the Lakers. The Lakers in that game. Yeah, I got the Lakers in that game. Sunday night is what the the Rams and the Seahawks. Rams Seahawks. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. By like thirteen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Rams are gonna beat uh, Russell Wilson and these niggas. And it's crazy that they don't have the Legion of Boom, and they like they're giving up points, but they yeah, the defense isn't that stout. <laughs> like, but like you said, they find they find the ways to win. Pete Carroll, uh, 
trust Russell, and Russell has started to develop trust in the rest of his receiving core. Yeah. Yeah, they're on a tear. Yeah. Watch uh, out, NFC. I got um, Sierra's baby daddy and the corniest nigga on the planet in that <laughs> victory. <laughs> corniest nigga on the planet in that victory. Uh, last minute shout outs. Uh, salute Stuart Scott. They uh, gave him. Yes, sir. Stuart Scott Day, ESPN gave him Stuart Scott Day on ESPN. Um, we'll get into a Stuart Scott conversation later on in this podcast about all he's brought to the table. Uh, happy birthday. And of course, you knew I was going to do this, niggas. Late great. Happy birthday. Sean Carter. Oh, my God. Sean Carter. December 4th. Hold on. Please don't. It's a game out here in these streets. Okay. I got it from here, you yeah, damn. Okay, niggas think it's a game. Hi, birthday, Sean Carter. Uh, fifties, no, uh, no short feet for any person to meet, uh, let alone somebody in hip hop. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. Uh, you got any other shout-outs before we cut out and give our shows? Nope. 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 All right. Well, well, well then, nigga, then what's your show? Um, Servant on Apple TV+. Plus. Servant, Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, it's about a, a, a couple who... Whose three month old baby just like dies from like the crib thingy? What do you call it? Sudden death something? Um, so the wife likes, yeah, sudden infant death uh, syndrome or something like that, whatever. Um, so like the wife had a really hard time coping with it, so she gets a doll, like a real, like a, a be alive, like a lifelike doll or something, it looks just like a human being. Um, and then hires a nanny for this doll. And this girl, she's like religious and she comes with all these weird like powers. And uh, because the husband doesn't really like buy into the whole doll thing, like he plays along for the wife. But when the wife's not looking, he like drags the thing around, you know, like banging it around and stuff, treating it like a doll. Um, so she puts a spell on the husband. It's a spell on the doll and brings the doll to life. So um, it's only three episodes in. You know, they pop out with three episodes and then they bring it out weekly. Um, those three episodes is pretty good. So I'm in. Waiting for uh, Friday's episode to air. Serving on Apple TV Plus. I wasn't gonna do this. I had an actual movie plan, but I'm gonna give you niggas fade to black. You goddamn right. Fade to black. That's <laughs> my movie. <laughs> you goddamn right. Fade to black. That's my movie. 
Um, if you niggas were expecting another movie from me, too bad, nigga. Fade to black. Watch it. Get yourself caught up on Sean Corey Carter. I did have uh, I ain't gonna tell you niggas what movie I had. I'm gonna save that for a different time. But fade to black, nigga. Hello. Fade to I'm black. Sorry. That was that was a little hostile. I'm sorry. It's all right. You know, it's all right. You get excited. Super groupie. And? <laughs> that best staple to me, Jeff, was everything. And? Nah, but, uh, they did black. Get your, get your excuses ready. We'll be back next week with some more hot fire. Um, hot fire! If you, if you niggas are musically inclined, Making the band is back. Send your audition tapes. All that great stuff. Dial on, dial on, dial on. That's my shout out. Shout out to Ken Young. Ken Ken? Ken Penn. Shout out to the homie. Uh, yeah, well, you, you niggas stop harassing us. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. We'll holler. Yes, sir. Kelly, say what up to the niggas. Say bye bye. She don't care about me. All right. Clearly. Holla. You're.